Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. history by becoming one of the longest-running musical comedies of all time breaks loose on the motion picture screen John Travolta the sensational star of Saturday Night Fever ignites the screen in Greece in her motion picture debut. Cheer up. Uh, hippie from Kaniki is like a Hallmark car. You pig. Mm, I love it when you talk dirty. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John explode across the motion picture screen in Greece. The movie filled with more song, more dance, more of everything that makes a great musical unforgettable. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John together for the first time in Greece. All right, guys, welcome to episode 30 of the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo. And of course, he's got chills, he's multiplying. We have my co host, Terry. And we also have a special guest who's hopelessly devoted to the podcast, Kyle Andrew Zena. Zener. Oh, you even had to throw in the uh, middle name this time. I'm a classic um, broad. <laughs> he has come back once again from, uh, if you remember, the uh, great science fiction movie. Best episode ever. Also, from the film, The Day the Earth Sits Still. The Day the Earth Sits Still. So we're, we're expanding this millennial, these two millennials' uh, horizons on movies with the great movie, Grease, which they both did watch. So we're going to have to go. But before we jump into it, 
Kyle, I'm going to throw it to you first with the question. All so right. Terrence has some time to think because we Yay. know how long it takes Terrence to Ouch. <laughs> I know. So, Kyle, are you ready? Absolutely not. Let's go for it. What, in your opinion, is the best musical ever made? Best musical ever made. There's a lot of choices of that. And it's not Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. I'm just putting <laughs> out right now. Um, nor is it Team Miracle Police. It's not a musical. And I am not just biding time. The truth is, my personal favorite might be South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. But that's incredibly <laughs> nice. inappropriate. So I don't know. <laughs> So you want to def- you want to phone a friend as in Terrence? Phone a friend as in well, well we haven't known him <laughs> that long. You, and you, you just, don't want to call him a friend. Yeah, really, well, we're friends on Facebook now, so that's a huge thing. It's official. Yeah, you're it's, gonna you're gonna put Terrence to sleep if you don't remember. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, actually, I want to throw it back to Terrence because he had a few moments of thing now. Uh-oh. And I already gave him three good suggestions. All right. Um, so uh, I will you only give- get one. Here's the thing. I'm gonna give two. No, no why, hold on, hold on. There's gonna be one that's a movie and one that's from a TV show. I know, right? What is it, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they sing the entire once more with feeling? <laughs> Even better, the episode one would be from The Flash. I really like that episode. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to cut that. From- no. <laughs> Strike the um, for a movie. It would be a toss up between. I really enjoyed uh, The Greatest Showman, and I say that because I actually listened to this like. How I when I think about like my top anything, I go, how many times have I watched the movie over and over and over, and have I downloaded the soundtrack? Because I like a lot of musicals, even though I'm picky with them, but I've actually downloaded the Greatest Showman soundtrack, so that's probably up there. Uh, that or Sweeney Todd, I really enjoyed that too. Sweeney Todd is an excellent choice. So now we come back back from me because I'm going to take it from you. I thought you would um, say The Wiz because if we remember back the Wiz from our first great. episode. No, don't get me wrong. I love The Wiz. <laughs> the Wiz uh, and really I also contemplated uh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, Moulin I Rouge. That, movie. that is highly underrated in my opinion. That's yeah. so good. Kyle, so good. Kyle's like, I still... Sports Kyle's time. trying to come up with something because <laughs> no, I know no, he's I, never I, seen it. No, I've seen Moulin Rouge. It's a good movie. Um, no, I was going to make my choice and I was going to say actually Frozen, which is a little <laughs> but, bit... Well, actually, that's the number one musical of all time right now. Yeah, yeah. But um, for me, um, it's probably going to have to be Phantom of the Opera. Phantom uh, the Opera. The movie they did. I just think that it's really well done, the Andrew Lloyd Webber movie. I'd be disappointed um, if you didn't say that, seeing as you have... Tons of Phantom you see of the all Opera my Yeah, I got the mask. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, so with that being said, uh, this is episode 30. We are going to be talking about Grease. Um, it also the movie, had, not the concept. Right, it also has a uh, a, cr- a good soundtrack. It's it's pretty crazy too. Uh, oh yeah, had a lot of, a lot of toe tapping songs. So Terrence, um, we got we even got Kyle. We put him to work since he came up this week. So uh, he's going to be joining us for a couple of our Universal Monster specials. Um, but we're going to let him slaughter the names in the cast so Terrence gets a break on those. I only so. get to slaughter the writing, the writer's names right. today. So hopefully it's a little easier than <laughs> the French names we've been doing. Oh, so know, Terrence, right? let's take it away. Grease. All right. Grease. Release date, June 16th, 1978. Its budget was $6 million, estimated. Now the conversion for this, uh, for given inflation, that's $23.6 million for today. So... What's really crazy is what they made back. So opening week in USA, they made eight point nine million, which is thirty five million. So they already made inflation. their budget back. So they made it back opening weekend and then in the some. USA only. And then we get to gross. This is where the numbers get real big. <laughs> so gross USA, it made a hundred and eighty nine point nine million, which is seven hundred and forty eight million. 
accounting for inflation. Money, pretty, money, money. Pretty much. And then here's where we get really <laughs> crazy. The numbers are just getting crazy. It gets bigger and bigger. So worldwide gross, 396.9 million estimated. For inflation, that is 1.5 billion dollars. I think we need to have Dr. Evil right here going, billion. Pinky in mouth, everything. Billion right? dollars, I yeah. I mean, that is a lot of so money. So it... Made its money and then it made it back with just opening weekend and then it continued. So it's become to make a worldwide money. hit, if you could say Absolutely. that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's actually probably one of the biggest worldwides uh, that we've seen from uh, the movies we've done so far. That's that's a lot worldwide. Easily one of the most successful shows you guys have covered. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, directed by Randall Kelsler. Written writing credits, uh, we have Jim Jacobs based on the original musical by and Warren Casey based on the original uh, original musical. Then we have, uh, you, you know, I, I, looked, I know so I was doing well. so well, and then I looked at this name. It's funny because I looked we at this name before. Are you talking about Bronte? Yeah, Bro- is it Bronte? Bronte Source? Bronte Woodard? <laughs> Bronte. Okay, Bronte Woodard screenplay. Then we have Alan Carr. Easy name. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He did the adaptation. Uh, Then we have the technical specs. Runtime, one hour and 50 minutes. Almost a two-hour movie. So if you're into musicals that are long, this one's a good one. Then we have Sound Mix, Dolby, 35mm Prince, original release, 70mm, six-track, 70mm Prince, original release. Uh, Obviously, done in color. Aspect ratio, 2.20 2.20 by 1. That's 70 millimeter prints. The camera was Panavision PSR, the R200. Panavision C-Series lenses. Panavision Panaflex. Panavision C-Series lenses. So all Panavision equipment, and then they change through different lenses throughout the filming. Uh, laboratory is Metro Color, Culver City, USA. So that's the first time we've seen the film actually get edited. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, edited in a different location. Uh than our usual, you know, Hollywood. Uh, film length, 675 meters, uh, 8 millimeter. Negative format, 35 millimeter, Eastman, 100T5247. Cinematographic process is Panavision, anamorphic. And finally, printed film format, 70 millimeter. Uh, bl- that's blown up, so for theaters. And then we have the re-release at 18 millimeter. Eight finally, millimeter. yeah, that's right. Uh, finally, we have the... Uh, Awards, my favorite part as always. <laughs> Academy Awards, USA, 1979, nominated Oscar, Best Music, Original Film, John Farrar. For the song Hopelessly Devoted to You, I'm pretty sure that brings back a lot of memories for some people. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> is that, you know, for how well it done, I'm, I'm really surprised it didn't get any kind of other Academy Award. It was right. just nominated. No win. No, no, no winning. Uh, they didn't win a Golden Globe either, but they were nominated for a lot of different categories. So they were nominated for Best Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical. Best Actor in Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical, John Travolta. Best Actress in Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical, Olivia Newton-John. Best Original Song, Motion Picture, Barry Gibb, Song, Grease. Best Original Song, Motion Picture, John Farrar. Uh, for the song You're the One That I Want. And those were all nominations. No winning. Now, here's where they do start to win. That's the Golden Screen, Germany, 1979. Uh, They won the Golden Screen. For no category in particular, it's just the Golden Screen. People's Choice Award, USA, 1979. They won the People's Choice Award for Favorite Overall Motion Picture and Favorite Musical Motion Picture. 
Then we have the Satellite Awards, 2006, nominated for Satellite Award, Best Classic DVD. Huh. And then Land uh, TV Land Awards, 2008, they were nominated for TV Land Award, Movie Dance Sequence, You Reenacted in Your Living Room. <laughs> You're the one <laughs> that I that, want. We've seen that. We, saw that, we saw that for... Um, was it Breakfast Club? Uh, uh, no, no, it was Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah, Dirty Dancing. That's what it was. Yeah. That, that, it was uh, also in the top ten of dance scenes you do in, in your bed, in your, uh, your living room. Dang, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible seeing that Greece, like, 40 years later, 2008, still winning your awards. That's pretty oh, – actually getting nominated in that case. Oh, yeah. 2006, 38 years later, still winning your awards. Right. You know, a lot of older movies come back, uh, as we've seen just throughout a lot of the awards that we've read through. They'll come back for either, you know, DVD releases. Uh, uh, re-releases in re-releases, theaters. Re-releases or even um, – just preserving uh, the uh, National uh, Preservation Board, right? Yeah, or so we see that out, with a lot of older movies. Uh, they come out in like box sets, like the Universal yep. Monsters. They all, yeah. you know, a lot of the awards they won, none of them won hardly anything on their own. It was always in that collection as yep. a whole. It was and that in the collection. It was always like 60 years later, you know what yeah. I mean? So a couple of things before uh, Kyle jumps into the synopsis and the cast. Um, this was the highest grossing movie of 1978. Um also, for a time, it was the third highest grossing movie of all time behind Jaws in 1975 and Star Wars A New Hope in 1977. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. And then also, uh, it is on the 1001 movies. You must have before you add that, like, I like how they're just from three totally different categories. You have Grease, the musical, and then you have Jaws, Jaws which is, you know, <laughs> like a, a, a monster, a movie, monster movie, basically. And then you have Star Wars, you know, the sci-fi at the time. So and, it's crazy. Uh, here we go. Uh, when it came out, Greece was the top-rated office uh, box office musical of all time. Now the list is as follows: Number one, Frozen. Number huh. two, Beauty and the Beast. Number three, Coco. Number four, Mona. Number five, Mamma Mia. You mean Moana. Number yeah, that one. Uh, number six, Tangled. Number seven, Beauty and the Beast again. Um, number eight, Les Miserables. Are they Miserables? Oh yeah, Les Miserables. Uh, nine, La La Land, and ten, Greece. So if you look at that, one, two, three, four, five. At least five of the half of them are Disney animated and animated. Yeah, I will say I did love Coco and Moana. Oh my god, those I are like, my like Tangled too. Top, like I love Tangled for a completely different reason. Right. Like I love Coco and Moana's like music. I love the songs in those. But as far as uh, Tangled goes, I love the comedy and like the animation. And yeah. Stuff. Um, the music, I guess. The horse. Didn't. Like, when I think of the music of Tangled, no song really comes to mind where, like, I can pull up a song from, like, Coco and Moana. It's great. Um, I've never even seen those two yet. You should. They're great. They're really great. Really hold up. I, well, they're awesome. <laughs> they hold up. They're, 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 they're out of here. They've been out of here, but they held up. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of what's held up, back to Greece. Yeah. Like it was just yesterday. <laughs> All right, Kyle. This is your big opportunity. Don't, don't butcher some names, but give us a synopsis and give us the cast there, bud. Okay. Movies are cool. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. So Synopsis time. T-Bird leader Danny and the innocent Sandy fall Sa- innocent Sandy fall in love over the summer. Now they are both in the same high school where their appearances over the summer may not be what they seemed. Can Danny and Sandy rekindle their summer loving or will they be gone like grease lightning? <laughs> are you reading it like an action I, I was movie? Say, it's like the 80s action theater guy. It's action movie. It's, it's so exciting to me. It's just that exciting. <laughs> Principal cast. Starting with John Travolta as Danny Zuko, who lives a double life as a leader of the Greaser Gang and the, of the T-Birds, and as Sandy's boyfriend, and as playing the girlfriend, and playing the girlfriend is Olivia Newton-John as Sandy Olson, an Australian 
word I can't pronounce, another word I can't pronounce, who transform, he transforms from a square to a greaser. You know what, I think, but them two cast together was perfect. I mean, they, they had such good chemistry on screen. Yeah, they definitely had that opposite attracts look to them. That right. really worked. That worked for the film. The perfect chemistry oh, yeah. really worked for the film. Yeah. Other principal cast includes Jeff Conaway as Knicky Murdoch, Murdoch, Danny's best friend, and uh, the owner of the Greased Lightning. And playing his girlfriend is Stocker Channing as Betty Rizzo, um, who's the cynical leader of the Pink Ladies clique. Other principal class includes Barry Pearl as Duty, a member of the T-Birds. He pairs with Frenchie in the school dance. Michael Tucci as Sonny Lenanto, a troublemaking wannabe womanizer, and the T-Bird who courts Marty with little success over the course of the film. Also including Kelly Ward as Putsy, a member of the T-Bird whose relationship with Jam builds over the course of the film. Diddy Khan as Frenchie, Sandy's closest friend in the Pink Ladies and an aspiring beautician. Jamie Donnelly as Jan, a quirky member of the Pink Ladies with a liking of Too Faced, and Dina Manoff as Marty Marcicino, a member of the Pink Ladies whose attractiveness regularly draws the attention of men, including Sonny and Vince Fontaine. Other middle members of the secondary cast include Eva Arden as Principal McGee, who shows discomfort at the going-ons at Randall High. Other members include Ellen Travolta as the waitress, Shanana as Johnny Casino and the Gamblers, a rock and roll band. And my personal favorite is Fanny Flagg as Nurse Wilkins. I say that again. Fanny Flagg as Nurse Wilkins. Truly an unloved name. <laughs> if there were any. I'm sorry, Fanny Flagg. I'm sure you're a nice person, but that's hilarious. <laughs> and that concludes the cast for the 1978 film Grease. Oh, are you done, or do you want to uh, fan over Fanny Flag one more time? <laughs> I could do it all day. <laughs> so, uh, try to keep what, together. This, uh, if you've been following our Universal Monsters series, we usually just we, for those we actually walk through the movie. Um, for the, for our normal routine like this, we just we just talk about certain scenes and all that. So, yeah. um, we're going. I'm just going to start. Out, let's just go ahead and throw out some of them. Um, like uh, the uh, hopelessly devoted to you. This is where they have the. Um, all the girls in the the bedroom having the slumber party. Yep, and then um, you know, pink ladies. She, yeah, so they start making fun of Sandy. You know, look at me, I'm Sandra D. And so basically, Olivia Newton John leaves, uh, Sandy leaves, and she starts doing this song out there in the uh, out on the front porch. <laughs> yep. You know, and it was hopefully, but um, it was actually written and recorded after the movie had wrapped up. Really right. interesting. They said that the producers felt they needed a strong ballad. And Olivia Newton-John actually had to come back to film her singing this song. This song ended up receiving an Academy Award nomination. Good thing she came back. I was going to say, yeah. out of all the things, you know what I mean? Uh, Elvis Presley turned down the role of, uh, remember when uh, Frenchie uh, has the beauty school dropout singing Frankie Avalon? Yeah. They really wanted Elvis Presley to do that, but he turned it down. That would have been an amazing scene with him. I, cannot, also, like, I, can't, I can only imagine how awesome that would be. <laughs> it's still an amazing scene by itself, but yeah, it, with Elvis, it would have been something um, amazing, even, even greater. Really so a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is going to have to be doing with the uh, the songs and the scene with the songs um, because okay, yeah. it's a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, like when shooting Grease Lightning, the uh, Jeff Conway, he actually dropped, they actually dropped... <laughs> Dropped him hurting his back. Oh, no. Conway started taking painkillers, eventually abusing prescription drugs and spiraling into drug addiction until he died in 2011 at the age of 60. Ooh. Yay. So, I mean, oh. I'm sure so he did probably... Like, did, so did this start with Grease, or was he already... Uh, well, they yeah. said that they it dropped. When he dropped yeah. on his back, he got addicted to the painkillers, you know what I mean? Eesh. So I was like, what a way to go. 
Terrible. Um, the, the, one of the most interesting facts that I found for this whole movie is that due to a zipper breaking, Olivia Newton-John had to be sewn into the trousers she wears in the last <laughs> sequence at the carnival. <laughs> That's great. And she said um, that that they would they would sew her up in there. Let me see if I can find that other uh, thing I had about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, she said, they sewed me into these pants every morning for a week, she claimed. Believe me, I had to be very careful about what I ate and drank. It was excruciating. It was also 106 degrees on the set for the carnival finale. Oh, no. Um, she said she still owns the pants. But she's never won them since. I mean, I mean I, I, who I, could? I, 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 I can't imagine. Um, also, pants the, and a seamstress to wear those. Uh, there's what I forgot to put with your cast colors. There was also several people that were like Elvis for the um, Frankie Avalon. Mm-hmm. There was also some other people that were uh, going to be playing uh, or considered for the roles. Um, one of them was Carrie Fisher for the really? role of Sandy because. Uh, the guy Randy Kleiser, um, he actually went to uh, the set of Star Wars, um, the stage to visit one of his friends, uh, George Lucas, and he wanted to see her. And he seen her in one of the battle scenes. Yeah, but he was like he, he couldn't tell from that scene whether she would be the right fit or not. So uh, I wonder how Carrie Fisher has actually like she had any insane um, experience in her career. Well, here, here's I, an interesting thought that I've brought up in a previous podcast, I think, but uh, I've heard from you know directors and stuff. It's easier to turn an actor into a singer than turning a singer into an actor. Interesting. That's. Makes uh, sense, I suppose. But yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Lucy Arnaz. She was the first choice for the role of Rizzo. She was allegedly dropped from consideration when her mother... Who was her mother, Kyle? <gasps> That's a good question. I don't Lucille Ball. All right. Paramount Lucille said, Ball. I used to own that studio. My daughter's not doing a screen test. So oh. she's basically saying, hey, my daughter's good enough. I own that studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She actually owned Desilu, which Paramount bought. The casting director remembers seeing Stalker Chaining with Arnez and Sandy Duncan in the play Vanities at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. So that's how she got the role instead. So I was like, man, you know, you can't just walk in and say, wow. Millennial, did we not say to silence all cell phones and electronic devices? Uh, uh, <laughs> I have to blame another. Nah, never mind. Never mind. Um, also, uh, John Travolta said in an interview in 1998 that Linda Ronstadt was considered for the role of Sandy. And uh, here you go. You ready for this one? Do it. Lorenzo Lamas was cast as Tom Chisholm after Stephen Ford dropped out. So, hmm. uh, I had to blame our mutual friend Jesse for that little interruption. Was that Jesse? Yeah, it was Jesse. Thanks a lot, Jesse Kaufman. Uh, by the way, you can re- see him on Twitch. He goes live on uh, Too Junk to Drive uh, live stream playing video games. If you, <laughs> I threw him a little bone there. So, <laughs> if like, exactly. like video games, you go, we'll see you the bill later, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the bill will be in the mail. Um, the dance contest, uh, you know, where they're doing, uh, they have that. I forget, I'm gonna, I can't remember the guy's name that comes to town, but he's like the real popular TV yeah. show guy. Uh, Kyle, what's his name? Duh, that's a great question. So they, he comes to the film, uh, but when it was filmed, the school was actually closed it was over the summer. Uh, the gym had no air conditioning, and the f- dance floors or the floors doors had to be kept closed to control the lighting. Oof. So Jimbo. the building became That'd be, hot. Um, yeah, in that hot room was starring Vince Fontaine as the on-air personality they, of KZAZ Radio and Television. That has my initials on it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that maybe that's why I didn't remember him either. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so but cool. on more than one occasion, um, an extra had to be taken out due to heat-related illness because it was so hot. I in would there. imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. 
uh, you're the one that I want the the carnival scene at the end. Uh, yeah, that, that whole thing was filmed in one afternoon. Oh, wow. incredible! Yeah, fantastic. Um, oh, I always got to give props to the scenes that can be like filmed. For considered for the lead role, I forgot to mention this one. Henry Wrinkler, otherwise known as the Fonz, was considered for Danny Zuko. I thought, man, um, that would been pretty. That would be pretty good. That'd I wonder if like he would have been the Fonz afterwards if he didn't. Well, film. they said that when they huh. well the uh, they said that the um, when they did this, the movie came out that it made uh, the Happy Days population or the you know the popularity popularity come back, mm-hmm. and they were so enthused that ABC or whoever they. The, the numbers just started going through the roof. Huh. I wonder if there's any cheeky references in Happy Days about the movie. Possibly. I bet oh, they're not. Right. Just the whole, the whole series. Uh, yeah, the whole series would be a reference to Greece um, and vice versa. During the Thunder Road scene, Annette Charles was in excruciating pain from what turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy. That's why Cha Cha frequently leans on against cars. Hmm. Um, so there's also, a lot of pain in this movie, I'm noticing. Yeah, you gotta suffer to make what you love. Where is it at? <laughs> that scene? You know, the scene where they're uh, racing through the uh, the bridges under the bridges and the waterway. Yeah. What do they do with that? Oh, here it is. Uh, the scene near the bridge after the car race was filmed in an area is full of trash, and the water on the ground was stagnant and dangerous. Some cast members became ill from uh, filming. Gross. <laughs> it's like. Like everything in this film was a horrible production, but it made a great, happy, go lucky film. Right. Um, <laughs> Not a care in the world. I know, right? <laughs> also, when shooting the cast of the Bad News Bears from 1976, challenged this cast to a softball game. John Travolta was the pitcher. They say you won. I know who won. Who are you going to vote for? Bad News Bears, Greece. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't look. In the, I didn't look too much into that. Um, first, I'd say Bad News Bears, but John Travolta. John Travolta. Right? <laughs> so, so, He's pitching. I mean, that's so. You know, um, usually we try to break down the movie and go through it, but since this, we're trying to push a lot of stuff out today. Um, we just wanted to hit some of the highlights uh, of this movie. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out because um, we didn't preface this by saying, "Hey, watch this movie." Um, I mean, that should go without saying at this right. point. For me, this uh, this movie, it's 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 a good it's a good watch. Um, the things that I didn't like about it, one number one is almost the entire movie is just about John Travolta trying to get in bed with <laughs> Sandra D. I mean, pretty much. It's a, yeah, it's no, it really like, is. Uh, uh, that even, and they none of no one looks like teenagers. Right? It's one of those well, things. Well, they're like, not. Yeah, I'm all, in high oh, school. That was Roger Ebert's biggest gripe about this movie. He's like. None of them look like a teenager. Look like they're thirty-seven-year-olds <laughs> trying to play teenagers. Exactly. Um, Hello, fellow kids. Right. They tried close enough. I mean, uh, I looked it up before the before this recording. John Travolta was actually twenty-four years old when they started the movie filming, and a lot of the other actors were in their early twenties as well. So they tried, but they just couldn't quite get there. Right. And then something else for me is, um, I think this movie sometimes sends out the wrong message. Like, you have to change who you are to be. Um, Welcomed into society. Yeah, but we, I mean, we we were talking about that with uh, the Breakfast Club, right? When what's your face genius in the end? But I, th- I think that's a huge trope. But I like, think, but I think this one, you you got the two late seventies, early like eighties, just throughout. You, right. you get that sort of even nineties like flicks. Like you always get that that kind of like reclusive mm. kind of person, and they come out of their shell and they change, and everybody loves them suddenly. Right. Yeah. But what I thought was was interesting is that's where you thought this movie was going to go because that's you know true. John Travolta comes out and he's got like the the Letterman vest oh, yeah, on and yeah. all that. And they're all the, the people, so he's like, "Look, you guys can't be a, a followers all your life." You know what I mean? Yeah. And the next thing you see, you see Sandy come out. And she's in the leather. And he's like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which means that the goody two shoes girl turned into the bad girl, yep. and then 
you know, or learn to express herself, coming coming adult and expressing her own sexuality in that way. You know, right? So I, I kind of give the film the benefit of a doubt a little bit. I think it's trying to, at best, trying to keep that balance between what society expects of you and trying to be the best version of who you can be. And I kind of like that balance overall. I, you know, I feel like at the end, John Travolta has grown up from being so self centered about how he looks to actually being like, no, it's okay to be myself and love Sandy for who I am and like, you know, be myself with Sandy and be myself with my friends and still be the person I want to be but, out with. You but know. to me, when when he when he's thinking about this, because you you see the struggle for him when he first realizes Sandy's there, and I think the entire time he was putting on a a, a, a front yeah. as the T Bird leader. Because I don't really think that's who he was. I mean, because- that kind of was like that for both of them. Because obviously they had that, you know, romanticness on the beach. And then they find out that, oh, hey, they're in that that clique. You know, the, uh, I, I, I think that that's a, that's a completely valid perspective, too. Like, my perspective, Donnick, just goes specifically, like, on keeping that balance of where part of what makes you you is what society puts on you and what you put on yourself. And having that be the kind of point where it's like you have to come through and realize, like, you know, hey, like, it's okay that people expect me to be this way, but also I can be myself, um, I can be true to myself while still maintaining that image that everyone expects from me. Well, another, um, uh, since the whole thing, you know, that is, is about guys and girls hooking up, and you know, you get, you get Rizzo, who uh, ends up becoming pregnant, well, you think she's pregnant during the movie, you remember, and she sings yeah. that song, there are worse things that I could do, you know what I mean, and to me, and you know, then you come to find out that she's not pregnant, you yeah. know what I mean, it was just the whole spin on that entire time you know what I mean though? Mm-hmm. I thought it was very uh, um, it's a product of its era of the 70s right. and also yeah. based on the 50s so, so. That, that's my opinion I'll get your opinion in a second but I want to throw one more thing out there um, and I talked to Kyle a little bit this, I haven't talked to you about this but there is a theory going around that says that at the beginning of the film that Sandy actually drowns in the water Oh, I've heard about that. Um, and then, and it's all a and, then, and it's all like a, like her going to heaven or whatever at the end because she gets in the car, remember, and it goes up and in the air because it ends really crazily. You know what it I mean? Does. It does. It has and, the craziest. And the, the you know the the, the car is in the air. And she looks back and she's waving and smiling, yeah. and then it just shows the clouds. You yep. know what I mean? So I can see where they say that. I feel like it's one of those fan theories where they get carried away with like something that was just meant to be fun. Uh, like kind of like what they do with like car- kids cartoons right but like oh here's some dark theory but really it's just it is what it is and I think that's kind of what it is with this movie they wanted to end it on like some fun crazy note be like hey look we've had fun with this musical let's just have it where they're just driving off and to the they could have drove off is what I'm saying they could have drove off <laughs> yeah, into the so sunset they, but the they, they fly they, off they, into they, the sunset they wanted to end on like this like really high note by diving high in the sky, so <laughs> a little fantastical like, uh, climax, if you will, um, which itself could be, you know, <laughs> could be sex. <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, um, that's true. It could be interpreted as that, right? I mean, it could be some, interpreted as a lot of things. But I just, uh, I just always thought that the ending was just like compared to the crazy. Rest of the movie, yeah, it it's is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, they spent the entire time, you know, set everything up, and then they just go to that crazy. Hey, we're flying. And and another question is that even John Travolta's car? Wasn't it the other guy's car? The grease lightning was the other guy's <laughs> they car. They for pinks though, so he actually stole his car, right? Or it's his buddy's car. I don't know right. if it's buddy's car. Bugaros, nice car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Terrence, let's hear your thoughts on this movie. Oh, grease. All right, so. The music's catchy. It's fun. Like you said, it's very toe-tapping. You know, you you hear it, you're going to stick around and listen to it. It's fun. Um, As far as, like, the movie goes and, like, you know, its themes and the story, it's – I can see how it is appealing. um, And I don't have really any, you know, 
uh, gripes and nitpicks beyond what we've already talked about. But it's just not particularly a movie for me. But I think anybody who's really into musicals would enjoy it. Because I'm very picky. Like I said, I'm very picky with my musicals. The only musicals I can just intake in just and nauseam is like Disney. I can always watch a Disney movie. And anytime a Disney movie comes out, I'm like, yep, I'm going to love it. It's going to be great. But uh, other than that, I'm very picky with but my those musicals. are usually cartoons. They're animated. They're Grease not. is also a cartoon, just live action. <laughs> Fair. It does have some cartoon at the beginning. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yes. That was really nice animation, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say if uh, if you're in the musicals, check it out. Uh, but if you're like myself... It, Depending on, you know, after listening to us or maybe reading a, a, a syn- different synopsis and stuff like that, um, it, it, it could be a pass. Uh, I probably wouldn't have. I've seen this before. I probably would have not watched this again had not been for the podcast. <laughs> and I'm proud of you. You actually watched it again. I did, yeah. Kyle, what's your th- thoughts, thoughts, feelings, since you are the youngest member of the table? My feelings are a little bit more positive and a little more negative in some aspects, because uh, I feel like the, like watching this film, which really was the first time for me, I'm sure I saw it before when I was a little kid, but now, first time I really got to appreciate it as an adult, and uh, I just kind of thought it was like, mediocre at first, but the more I kind of sat with it in my head after watching it, the more I liked it, and now I kind of want to go back and rewatch it and, and appreciate what goes on, because it's a... Uh, Subtly subversive film in a lot of ways about how it talks about women and men and how they present themselves and that I, I find myself appreciating the film more and more the more I think about it and I want to go back and watch it again so overall I say it's a good watch um, if you just particularly don't like musicals um, I pass on it then but um, if you think you just like good movies go watch Grease and I would throw in if you're a fan of John Travolta oh this yeah. is like one of his first yeah I mean I know he did like the boy in the plastic bubble and he did uh, Saturday Night Fever right before this yep um I would say you definitely need to check it out at least at least once. Yeah, yeah, no, can, it's, it's worth know. a shot at least once, yeah. right? Because yeah. I know you will enjoy the music. <laughs> yeah. At so. the very least, you'll, I, I think yeah, at least a song or two will, will vibe with you. Well, at the very least, too, it also gives you a cultural understanding because that that film is referenced in so many other places around around. That's true. Media. It, and it does else. have a strong, especially like in pop culture too. It's it's still pretty big in pop culture. It's referenced a lot. Well, you uh, can see by all the money it made too. That too. Um, so if if for nothing else, like for its pop culture revel, rev, uh, relevance, it, it's it, it stands the test of time. And you yeah. and you will notice that once you watch a movie like this, you will start thinking of other movies or TV shows that spoof on this because there's a lot of stuff of spoofing it, or referencing absolutely. and all that, and you will start appreciating other movies and stuff more because you know where it's actually coming from. Yeah, so yep. many other films and TV shows and everything took little pieces of this movie and put it in themselves to make it better and uh, really goes to show like, oh, this is actually innovative for its time especially and if you go back and appreciate that, the, mil- the film is all the richer for it. Right. So, um, I think that's going to wrap up our Grease episode. Um, we will be doing a couple more Universal Monster Studios that will be released today too. Um, but if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at the tragedy of cinema at gmail.com. You can uh, join our Facebook group, the uh, tragedy of cinema podcast group on Facebook. Um, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, uh, check us out there. And uh, please do. It please makes do. It so other people can check us out. Um, Listen, review, watch, feel it. <laughs> and then tell us how bad you hate Kyle. No. <laughs> I um, hate myself too. Don't um, worry. <laughs> So um, if you have any suggestions, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you want us to do a movie, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Um, we always take requests. Um, we, we, we're starting to whittle down the ones that we have. Yeah. So um, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close. And that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut. <laughs>